here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Rob McCarron. Maybe, maybe Rob's just getting a little Twitter happy with polls. Maybe. Jeff Hawkins. I like his polls. I do. I like the polls. I'm, I'm a big poll fan. I mean, I, as many polls as I can get in me, I will take them. You're listening to Shake Them Ropes with Rob McCarron and Jeff Hawkins. Heroes aren't always the ones who win, she said. They're the ones who lose sometimes. But they keep fighting. They keep coming back. They don't give up. That's what makes them heroes. Cassandra Clare, City of Heavenly Fire. Hey, kids. It's NXT TakeOver, the after show. Not live, but still, we're here. And now we're also going to do our top 100 match that we didn't get to last week. Mick Foley versus Randy Orton from 2004 on the top 100 matches to see live before you die on the WWE Network. Here, as always, host of Shake Them Ropes, Rob McCarron. Hi, Rob. Hi, Jeff. How are you on this uh, fine Sunday afternoon? I'm doing great. I uh, I kind of missed us talking last night, but yeah, uh, yeah. And me I knew too. Me too. I, gonna, I missed you too, Jeff. You, well, you, <laughs> I missed talking. I don't know if I missed you personally. Oh wow! <laughs> I just no, keep getting beaten up on today. Well, you know. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know you had already been beaten up on. That's already. right. I, I, you don't know I, anything about my life today. <laughs> Uh, but, uh, you, we had said earlier that, uh, you may be too busy to record this week. So this is a surprise to me a little bit. Uh, I was possibly going to do an after show with Rich Kreich, but turns out he was over at a beer festival getting hammered and never texted me. He made the right call. <laughs> I don't know about that. This show was phenomenal. Well, I no, thought. I, I absolutely but, uh, believe he made the right call, but yeah, this is a little bit. <laughs> oh, weird. You, I oh, didn't hold know. On. Yeah. Yeah. The I post- shot at you too. To you. Yo. Okay. Great. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I mean, I, if you go to a beer festival in uh, Chicago, Illinois, that's. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's a fun time to be had by all. And but, that's uh, that's the beauty about this WWE network, right? Yeah. I want to watch the shows live when I can. And I watch TakeOver live. I just couldn't do the show because I'm <laughs> preparing for uh, traveling, which is the reason why we're doing this show today. And we don't really even know what we're going to do this week yet. Um, but. Yeah, you can you can watch these shows on demand. Some there's probably a ton of people out there watching Takeover today sometime before SummerSlam. And and Rob, the streak still lives. The streak lives. No weeks st- off. Well, well, no, no, no. I mean, not just our streak. The oh, streak okay. of NXT Takeover. Oh, delivering being a yeah. great show. Well, this I mean, was this was a different one than normal, though. It's different, though. It is different, and we'll get into that. This this was a different uh, reason why this Takeover was great, and uh, you know we'll get into the why. Uh, and everything like that. Um, but I want to remind everyone, you can follow us on Twitter at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow Jeff on Twitter at Crap Game 13. Catch us on iTunes. Subscribe to the show. Write a review of the show. Leave us a little rating. Uh, all your comments, good or bad, go to bit.ly slash str iTunes. That's bit.ly slash str iTunes. Or just go onto iTunes and search for us. Even if you don't use iTunes as your podcasting platform, we would appreciate if you can go on there and leave us a review and rating. We're also available on Stitcher, TuneIn, Downcast, Podcast Addict, Google Play, and a whole bunch of others pretty much everywhere. 
Um, yeah, this this takeover was great. We're also going to talk about uh, Mick Foley versus Randy Orton from Backlash 2004, as you said. I apologize to everyone who was expecting that on last week's show. We just had we went an hour and fifteen, and I usually try to keep the show to around an hour to an hour fifteen. Uh, just you know, my personal experience; those are the podcast lengths that I like the best. Uh, especially if you're one out there who listens to a ton of shows. You know, I, I don't want to be going three or four hours and no offense to podcasts that do it's just you know what are we going to do on here for three and a half to four hours right it, it's something about overstaying your welcome right yeah and I, so, and I under and i understand that and i you know what i like podcasts at around an hour in length as well because then you can take a break do whatever you need to and then listen to another podcast right so we just had a ton of stuff last week we had the preview for takeover the preview for a 14 match or whatever it is now SummerSlam. I think we're up to 30. We're up to 30 matches on this SummerSlam show. Yeah, 30 matches and 88 performers, I believe, is the correct, accurate number. So it's it's quite insane. So we just had a ton of stuff. And by the time we were done with those, it was an hour and 15. Um, so I apologize for not saying that we weren't doing the match last week or uh, for not doing it. But here we are. We will do uh, Foley and Randy Orton today. Somewhat apropos, too, as Randy Orton returns uh, to the pay-per-view stage here with his match with uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, won't talk talk much SummerSlam. We did that on the last episode of Shake Them Rubs. Go check out 168. Episode 168 of STR was our SummerSlam preview. As most of you listening to this episode will probably be uh, doing so after SummerSlam. So we didn't want to really go into SummerSlam too much. Uh, but we do have that NXT TakeOver show, Orton Foley. And then a couple of other thoughts. You know, I, I don't know what we're going to do as far as uh, the show this week. I don't know exactly what we're going to we're going to do. We will have a show of some kind, I hope. I just don't know exactly how that's going to turn out. Uh, but we will keep you posted at Shake Them Ropes. The other question I'm getting to is, Jeff, I mean, so far we're a month into the schedule of doing the show on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. And I know there's folks out there that it, would rather have us back on Tuesdays. There's a lot of people who like having us w- on Wednesdays. Um the whole reason we did this switch, and I don't know if we were really clear about it at the time. I know we mentioned it on one episode. I just want to get back into it really quick. The whole reason we did this switch is because SmackDown is now live with a part of the roster that you cannot get on Monday Night Raw. Like if we want to talk about John Cena stuff, if we want to talk about AJ Styles stuff, programs going on on the SmackDown women's division. If we did our show on Tuesdays and wanted to talk about all that stuff, we would be literally a week behind on it. And we're already a week behind on NXT and Cruiserweight stuff. Right. And we're already a week behind on that uh, because that's on Wednesdays. And we and I know a couple of these episodes so far, due to my scheduling, we've done the recording of our show after NXT and the Cruiserweight Classic. I don't really want to keep that going. I mean, our, our preference, right, is to record somewhat in the midday. So this is uh, out on Wednesday nights around 8 to 9 Eastern, which would obviously be before NXT and Cruiserweight Classic. So it's just tough scheduling with all these WWE shows because we want to talk about as much as we can. But at the same time, I really don't want to be, you know, keeping this podcast until Thursdays and Fridays. Right. Rob, if you if you want to record after I'm done in the other neighborhood, I can do that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're figuring it out. We're figuring it out yeah. um, what we can do. So the the podcast schedule for Shake Them Ropes may be a work in progress here. You know, I, I, I like doing it on Tuesdays, too. You know, I, I love doing it on Tuesdays. I just feel like, you know, cutting out half of the WWE topics could be kind of problematic because that's what we discussed. This show is about WWE. Yes. It's about this talking is our about ni- WWE stuff. Yes. This is our niche in the in the Voices of Wrestling family as we are the WWE centric show. Ergo, we need to be around. And yes, it's it's mostly the heavy hitters that come out midweek that we go up against the the ones by former people in the industry giving their 
takes. Right, and we're not even trying to compete with like if Jim Ross wants to come out with a podcast and he's right. and he has someone on to talk about SummerSlam. I, you know, we're we're doing the same thing. We're giving our opinions on SummerSlam, but we're not necessarily trying to compete with him. No, but but I mean, in terms of uh, listener time, exactly, and that's the issue too, because you know if. Yeah. And and hopefully, you know, and I appreciate the many, many out there that do choose us over other podcasts. Like I I've always said on the show, I've been humbled by that, that those, you know, they rather listen to Jeff and I talk WWE <laughs> than Jim Ross. Hold on. Hold on. There, that, that was Jeff and I which just Jeff and I both of us there we go both Thanks. of us here. I mean, that that's uh, always been humbling to me and I appreciate uh, that support absolutely, and and we want the podcast to come out at an appropriate schedule. And I understand a lot of it's on demand. Like those who love having it on Wednesdays could always listen to it on Wednesday. But I think the reason why they want us on Wednesdays is so we do talk SmackDown stuff. That we yeah. do talk AJ Styles. You know, AJ Styles is a big part of WWE. We would be a week behind on anything involving him if we were on Tuesdays, and that I think was our main factor in going to Wednesdays. Right. I just I just think there's a significant portion of the listenership who listen on Wednesday mornings. Yeah, and that's yeah. what it was. No, and I agree. I, I liked having it come out on Tuesdays too, but you know, if we want to get the topics to discuss, if we want to uh if we want to talk about all the stuff as up to date as we possibly can, that's the reason we went to Wednesdays. And I hope that uh those listening out there understand that. Uh, you know, Wednesday's show last week covering SummerSlam and Takeover was one of our most downloaded shows we've done this year. So, you know, it's not really hurting the listenership as far as the number of listeners we have. Uh, but I understand it's an inconvenience for those who may be getting uh, backlogged in podcasts later on in the week and wanted to listen to us, too, and don't want to have to make the decision of, oh, I can only listen to one. Is it going to be Shake Them Ropes or someone else? Like, I, I definitely understand that. And we're trying to do the best we can to make sure the podcast gets to all of you who want to listen, as well as uh, new people who may not know of us yet. So. We're doing our best. We're trying. We're trying hard. And hopefully we can uh, come up with some type of com compromise as we go along to make sure the most people are happy. Uh, Jeff, I was wrong a lot of, about a lot of stuff last night on TakeOver. I oh, was, so was I. Yes. Well, I, but, it, but, it made, but it made sense looking back on it, though. Look, yeah, looking back, we had reasons for, for making predictions. And this, you know, how many times have I said this and we keep going back on it? Maybe I sh we should just stop doing predictions. Well, we don't do, we don't keep score. So well, we don't, don't keep worry score. About it. We don't keep score. I don't score. worry about it. We just, we just uh, prognosticate and sometimes we're wrong. We're trying, so we're trying to give our analysis on what we think they might do based on their history and based on, you know, what's currently developing in WWE. But okay. I do, I do envy those writers. I envy the writers and the podcasters who are super vague, who give analysis on both sides, like what they can do if so-and-so wins, what they can do if the other person wins, and don't actually give a prediction because they're never wrong. I, I am envious of the people who can never be wrong. Mm. So out of the things you were wrong about, what, what shocked you the most? I, uh, what shocked me the most, I think, honestly, I swear, and I understand that so many people were hitting me up on Twitter after this thinking how crazy I was for predicting it. But Bobby Roode winning was the most surprising thing on takeover. I think both Roode and Aries winning shocked me more than anything. Cause I swore one of them was going to lose Oh, one of them. Yeah. If you were to tell me before that, okay, you're going to be wrong on one of these, but Aries and Roode are both going to win. That's incredible. Like tell me I'm wrong on one of them. And I would probably say I'm wrong on Bobby Roode. I wouldn't have, thought I was wrong on Austin Aries, but I, you, I didn't think I was wrong on Bobby Roode for a lot of and, reasons. And for you, I would have been more confident in my pick looking at the buildup for Roode and it was just so one-sided and over the top that you're right. like, 
all right, they're bringing him in and he's going to lose in three minutes. Yeah, it's not because I thought Andrade was more over than Bobby Roode. I, I think right. I think that's the perception out there a little bit. It, it By no means, both of us were thinking they're so over the top and how glorious Bobby Roode is. I know the entrance is great and I agree. The entrance is great. His theme music is great, but they're so over the top on how big a free agent he is, how great and glorious he is. And he's coming in here super cocky and running down the fans. I thought for sure Andrade was going to knock him down a peg or at least slow him down a little bit. Because remember, Andrade is still one takeover away from being the other bigs, uh, you know, debut on the NXT side. It's not like he's been around forever. I I was looking at the long term build and thinking, who do they want to end up making a star out of this? And I just didn't see, you know, Bobby Roode's going to be great for NXT. Don't get me wrong. But I, I thought that it was one of those things where it's like, okay, we have the guy we want for NXT. But we have the guy we want for other plans. Right. And so you, you take that guy. Yeah. Yes. I mean, this It definitely, I mean, it helps Bobby Roode a little bit, maybe a little with him getting the win, but an Andrade win, if they tell the right story, could have helped both of them. And, and that's the angle I was going at. Andrade getting the win, obviously, uh, maybe in a good match, silences some critics. He he gets a little bit of a restart to his NXT tenure and they add depth to the Bobby Roode character. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Andrade Almas defeating Bobby Roode is number one of three things I have pegged down of things that uh, I believe both of us were wrong about, but I, w- I wasn't going to bring you into it. I was singling out. No, that's fine. I, I knew I knew going back that I might get, I mean, that I was wrong on a lot of things, but at the same time I was going, okay, why was I wrong? What was I, right. what did I, what did I not see that, yeah. that that they were thinking? And I'm like, okay, now I get that. That's, that's the only reason I progno- I prognosticate because I'm trying to think, get in their minds of what they're thinking exactly. and i was wrong about what they were thinking yeah so no, let's, we were wrong about what they were thinking we'll get to the other two here quick but one thing this. one thing we are not wrong about jeff we are not wrong when we tell you that macweldon.com is the place to be mac weldon has been supporting this website for a couple of months now you've heard us talk about it on this show before we really thank mac weldon they believe in smart design premium fabrics and simple shopping you go to the macweldon.com website you can see that right offhand very simple shopping simple easy to use website They deliver in all three categories of that. And right now you can save 20% off your order with promo code VOW. Jeff, tell them about it. Okay, here we go, kids. You try out the most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, hoodies, and sweatpants you'll ever wear. And you save some money doing it. You use promo VOW at MacWeldon.com today and you'll get 20% off your order and they will fall madly in love with us for giving them more business. And this promo code is exclusive to the listeners of Shake Them Ropes and Voices of Lists and Voices of Wrestling. And what it does is it tells them, hey, you're listening, you're appreciating their sponsorship, and hey, now they want to sponsor us more and so we can all get Joe Lanza hoodies. We can all get the hoodies. Whether you're yes. at home, at the gym, on a date, or work, or wherever, you can be comfortable in that Mack Weldon hoodie. Great fitting, great looking underwear, socks, hoodies, and more. In fact, Mack Weldon guarantees your comfort or your money back Give them a try today, guys. You'll be glad you did. Go to MacWeldon.com. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Use promo code VOW for 20% off. It's smart underwear for smart guys. And if you're a smart guy, you're listening to this podcast. Visit MacWeldon.com and use promo code VOW. MacWeldon.com, promo code VOW, 20% off right now. They support us. We hope you will support them, and I think you will be glad you did. I was wrong. Let's do this. Let's talk. Come on. The biggest Uh, one was the Bobby Roode thing. I was shocked. Bobby Roode Mm -hmm. won. And not, you know, I had a tweeter going at me, you know, Bobby Roode's the hot hand. How could you have been so foolish? I'm like, I understand he's the hot hand. And he could have still been with loss. Mm -hmm. No way Jose beating Austin Aries, I thought was a sure thing. 
And and not even did Austin Aries win this match. But it does not look like they're going back to a No Way Jose rematch. Like, he's just done buried as we had Hideo Itami come out and basically call out Aries by giving him the GTS. Yes, and they are going to build one of those two, I think, for Shinsuke. I, I think that's the route that they're starting to go here. I don't know which one, but one of them will be there. Which is and, also interesting because Arius has already been beaten by Shinsuke. And that's well, interesting that you say that because, yeah, I, I would have pegged actually the Bobby Roode match uh, with Bobby Roode winning, him being pegged for Shinsuke Nakamura. But go on go on with Austin Aries. Possibly, but here's where I, I, I started to reconsider my thinking. I think they have changed their philosophy on NXT. I think you are right. Um, from a previous prediction, they are making this now their own indie wrestling company. Oh, well, that's for sure. I mean, with, that's with, undeniable. With, well, but I mean, more, more so than needing to develop these new guys. They're going to cater to the guys who like it, and they're going to have one or two folded into the mix there. Don't get me wrong. Um, no way, Jose. I think, you know what? I'm kind of glad he didn't win. This is a guy that screams one note mid card gimmick that they bring up. Vince falls in love for a week and then they ask him to do more and then they've never taught him to do more. So he fails and then they give up on him. Okay. So you're, you're taking it at the angle that you're glad he lost so we can go down there and try new things and not get up to the main roster like a Fandango, even though yes. Fandango wasn't there. Like an Adam yeah. Rose, maybe an Adam Rose, maybe an Adam Rose, a bow, so to speak. The, but Bo got to work some main event style. Yeah. He needs more seasoning, but he has, I mean, he is a guy that if you're going, well, I need a, you know, and this is how the main roster thinks is they're they're looking at branding. I need a Hispanic superstar. Oh, here we go. A guy with a Hispanic gimmick, even though it's a bit pandering in, in many ways that they'll bring up and they'll say, oh, he dances. The crowd loves him. He's entertaining. And then they ask him to be more than entertaining. And he can't be because he hasn't learned that yet. And so yeah. he ends up a, like a Chris, even like a Chris Masters with a more entertaining gimmick. I, I was but, also, you're right. I was also worried that even in NXT, that No Way Jose might have trouble getting over right up, uh, right at the start because of the type of gimmick that he was and how different it was to the more serious nature NXT has taken recently. But, but then I you had that brawl, that brawl with Austin yes. Aries, man. Yes, I was going to pinpoint that. This, that brawl and the promos after. Oh, he was so good. Really, he really helped himself here, I think. I think this whole program has been a great learning experience for him. And if they can build on this with him, then they get the multifaceted character that just started out as a one-note yeah. idea. Yeah, and I'm not, I mean, I'm not upset that Austin Aries won. I'm surprised by it, but I'm also surprised that they're not going back to it. Like, just, you know, No Way Jose does that awesome brawl and then loses to Aries and back down the line he goes. It's it's a yes, little surprising, but, right? But but if you're bringing a Tommy up yeah, and if the point yeah. is to build a Tommy, then you need, a, you need an opponent for him that you can beat. And that's Austin Aries. Right. No, you're right. I mean, Austin Aries could certainly be a, a solution there. Uh, so those are two things. We both had no way Jose winning. That didn't happen. We both had Andrade Almas winning uh, for the reasons we stated that did not happen. Let, let's talk about that. Just a, a little bit more real quick. Here. Go for it. I thought, I thought this is Andrade's best NXT match. It I absolutely was, is. I thought nope. he was really good in this. Bobby Roode, to me, somewhat underperformed, I thought. And especially that finisher, they they need something else. The finisher is super weak. It's a yeah. pump handle slam. It was Road Dog Jesse James's finisher, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, super weak. It's not 2016 finisher anymore. Right. Compared to other finishers he's had, this is this is lame 
AF. A pump um, handle slam, ladies and gentlemen. A flat back bump. But, I mean, considering the hill that Andrade had to climb up here in terms of Bobby Roode yeah. being the most popular guy. Super in the over with the entrance. Super over yes. on this night in front of Brooklyn. The uh, I, the absolute debut has been spoiled for Andrade Almas. I mean, the crowd was souring on him. Uh, you know, a lot of boos here coming out. He had a lot to work against. And by the end of the match, he won a lot of that crowd over. Yes, this match, I mean, this crowd was quiet for about two thirds of this match. Yeah. And then they got into it finally when he, he started winning them over. But I don't, but it was like the, and then the finish came out of nowhere with the pump handle slam because yeah. nobody was expecting that to be the finish. And then, and then just kind of let the air out of the room. Yeah, Andrade hit his double knees, which was great. Uh, and, I, and I thought that might have been it. Like he was showing a lot of fire. He was showing a ton of fire. He was finally working. Uh, here, a WWE style match for a lot of it while showing a ton of charisma. I mean, the crowd came alive, too, when he just did the simple thing of staring with his hands raised in the air at Bobby Roode on the outside. You know what I'm talking about? When he was just he yeah. was looking at Bobby Roode with that smile, like, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. And and Bobby Roode comes after him. And, and I, I thought Andrade had his best performance in NXT on mm-hmm. screen by yes. far. And that's just showing you that he could develop in in the style. It's not like he's dead in the water. He could have right. done better. I'm, I'm surprised that Bobby Roode and a lot of the surprise, too, is not that Andrade didn't win. It's that Bobby Roode didn't lose because, again, I'm yes. looking at it all in the aspect of Bobby Roode. I thought this would have added depth to his character if he was knocked down a peg as this big, cocky, brash guy. And he could have had another match with Andrade. But I, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens with Bobby Roode here. Uh, hey, a banana peel kind of win something like Andrade, that too, even. What, what would have helped. I mean, it would have given, it wouldn't have helped Andre that much, but it would have helped kind of, yeah, it wouldn't have rela- relax the, relax the crack of right. the people just all over this rude, glorious yeah. bomb thing. And it would have kind of humbled him a bit as a character. Now, Andre needs some character development. He needs some vignettes. He needs, they need to start using all this film equipment that they have at full sale and really starting to tell a story with this guy hey, more than in the ring. If if we now get something with Andrade where he's maybe knocked down a peg, maybe he thought he was going to come in from ruling Mexico and own NXT and hear Bobby Roode, an American star. You give um, me Gobernables? Yeah. Sure. Something. Maybe, maybe this will be the next step in the Andrade Almas character where he goes back to not the mask or anything, but back to the drawing board and figures out what he has to do. Like his, his honeymoon run in NXT is over now. So maybe we'll get something like that and it can help both guys. Whatever happens though. I, I hope the result of the takeover Brooklyn match helps both guys and not just Bobby Roode. Yeah. And just maybe an edge kind of like they gave to say the rest of the, or the top three matches on this card. Yeah. But, uh, we also have one more match to go through before we, we get to those. We have, uh, we will talk about all the matches. Yes. But the other big surprise, the third thing I was wrong about above all else is obviously Samoa Joe retaining the NXT championship. I thought that was going to happen. You thought that was going to happen. It did not. Shinsuke Nakamura is your new NXT champion. The reason that made sense to me is that they didn't switch either of the other two belts. Yeah, I looked back and they go, they didn't want to overshadow it with another win for whatever reason. But I'm fine with him being champ. I don't know if they have long-term plans for him on the main roster. I think they do for Samoa Joe now. I think they've kind of changed their tune on him. Should he not be hurt? I don't know. I haven't checked wrestling Twitter this morning at all. So I don't know if that if he is actually banged up from that match or not. But uh, 
I saw some people kind of shading on this match. I absolutely loved it. I don't know what people were expecting more of. That that has to be it. It was a victim of its own expectations. You're putting yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura in there after the takeover match he had with Sami Zayn. And the fact that Samoa Joe is on the second peak of his career, maybe even the third. He peaked a lot in ROH. He was phenomenal. He had a peak with Kurt Angle and TNA. And here he is in NXT now putting on the best performances he has in several years, and I think you put those two guys together as the main event of a show in front of 15,000 people in Brooklyn, and everyone expected a match of the year contender, and I don't believe it was that, so I, you know, if, if you were thinking it is a match of the year contender, it met your expectations. If you were thinking it's anything less, then obviously that's not a victim of the match, it's a victim of the expectations not being met, because I think a lot of people went in with too high. I, th- I think they were looking for G1 final quality match and they weren't going they, that's not the wwe style i mean it's also you're not get what some, samoa joe's done recently samoa joe wears you down and crushes yes. you and that's what was happening in this match until shinsuke yeah. nakamura finally found a way out of the big man just overpowering him and had to strike him with knees here and there mm-hmm. and samoa joe played listen i know he's shorter than what most giants are in wwe but he's still a big aggressive dude and they played the perfect Shinsuke Nakamura as the smaller guy as trying to get to the yeah. giant, even though Shinsuke is taller. It was a, such a switch of stories, but it was so awesome. Shinsuke right. playing the smaller man against the big behemoth in Samoa Joe. And that finish, the finishing sequence where he was just attacking him from behind with knees and, and Samoa Joe would work his way up until Shinsuke knocked him down with a knee again. I thought the finish of the match was phenomenal. I thought the yes. match was very good. It was uh, not as entertaining to me. And I will say, I, I'll be one of those guys who during the middle of this match was thinking, man, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not feeling this one. I'm not feeling it. But by the end, I sure was. And yeah, even one, though the surprise, yeah, go ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'm one of those people who will halfway through the match goes once again, Bailey outshines the guys. They shouldn't have put this on after her. But yeah, no, I'm I'm the same way, and and the whole point that we're trying to make is, I think people wanted it to be a, an even playing field from the get go, and it wasn't going to be that kind of match. That's not the story of this match. Is no. two no, guys who are on an even playing field fighting exactly. each other. It wasn't the story going in. It wasn't the story being told during. And I think it was a phenomenal story of Shinsuke. You know, he he's coming in here because, but let's face it, Samoa Joe is the NXT champion, and he's a big dude. He may not be the tallest guy, but he's a big dude. And they told the story of him being the big, you know ground level champion and and it was pretty cool uh you talk about match order there with bailey last year at takeover brooklyn before the fact and after the fact you know a lot of people were talking about before takeover brooklyn that hey bailey and sasha banks should probably main event it's got the momentum going in this is the second finn balor kevin owens match even though we know it's a you know it's a big deal it's a ladder match and whatnot they should probably put sasha banks and bailey on last and it turned out that after the show i think even more people thought the same thing that probably mm-hmm. Bailey and Sasha Banks should have gone on last. This show, you didn't hear as much talk about Asuka and Bailey needing to go on last. You heard a little bit of talk about it. Just yeah. a little tiny bit. But Shinsuke Nakamura is a huge star. And people said Shinsuke obviously should be in the main event. After the fact, absolutely. They had the match order right on the show. Yes, uh, absolutely. And I think, yeah. The, the, and the top three matches. All of I think the match order for this show was phenomenal from start to finish. Yes. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah, it was great. So we'll talk about the other matches here uh, from NXT TakeOver. But yeah, those are the three big things that, hey, we're not afraid to say we were very, very wrong on. And now we'll have to see uh, where they go with all this. Dare um, I say I was happy to be wrong about a few of these? Um, Sure. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, yeah. I, I'm looking forward to Austin Aries and Hideo Itami. Like, we didn't see that coming. And that'll be pretty cool. Especially I, with Hideo Itami. If Austin Aries brings out the best Hideo Itami, 
which, you know, I, I don't know if that can happen, but I'll the, look forward to it. The beauty of the Bailey story being what it was, and if this was her swan song, I'm happy to have been wrong with that because I didn't think they were going to bring her That's up. That's right. Yeah, we uh, we don't know if they're going to bring her up. She may appear on SmackDown, uh, or not SmackDown, but uh, SummerSlam tonight. And by the time a lot of you hear this, uh, maybe you'll know what Bailey is going to do. So maybe they are bringing her up. Maybe this is the end, or maybe we're actually going to get a, an even deeper redemption story. Not just Ooh. Bailey. Not just Bailey having. So we're talking about Oscar and Bailey now. And we'll get to the other matches. Uh, okay Oscar let's, let's talk about Oscar and Bailey because Oscar goes in the champion she's super cocky she's gaining confidence now that she's in NXT and she's been the champion for a little bit and she's facing off Bailey who's been a former champion so obviously her toughest competition so far to date and Oscar comes out as the champion and does the hug to Bailey basically kind of like hugging her goodbye if if Bailey doesn't come up to the main roster I can easily see the longer redemption story being told of hey Bailey failed against Oscar twice she beats everyone else but she's failed for the title twice. Now even Asuka thinks she's done. Like Asuka before at least thought that Bailey was a worthy challenger. Now maybe the champion thinks Bailey is not even close to a worthy challenger and should go to the very back of the line. Maybe Bailey has to start taking on the Liv Morgans of the world, has to start taking on the Darius of the world, the new girls. And what if she even stumbles against one of them? Maybe yeah, Bailey's back to the full-time loser and we have a long-term storyline of Bailey have to, having to find herself again. If that if that's the plan, that would be the story to tell. Uh, Kakiaska is just phenomenal. The whole, I mean, she's added a level to her game because she wasn't originally a heel, and she's right. still mm-hmm. not really a heel. She's just being very, very cocky, and it's great. As opposed to the main event, this is a story of two, of two people who, or of at least one of the competitors, thought they were on the same playing field and thought they were even, and it turns out she was wrong. Right. Yep. This is one of Bailey's. I mean, look, I love the match last year had far more emotion in it, which is why a lot of people are kind of shading this one a little bit in terms of that one was more of a payoff of emotion and invested time. This is a far more well-rounded Bailey acting performance than last year, in my opinion. I thought Bailey was fantastic fantastic in this match and i thought oscar was was as well the only thing oscar was missing was mean mugging the horse women at at, at the yeah <laughs> yeah ringside. I, I thought, thought that would i absolutely did something. agree i i thought there was going to be more play with oscar uh, and the four horse women at ringside too but, uh, but yeah it's bailey, bailey hulking up and yep. kind of you know being a little bit star and look Asuka, if you're going to compare this women's revolution which they have on on the documentary on the network to ronda rousey you need some badass cocky credibility mm-hmm. and while sasha is cocky she doesn't have the badass credibility of oscar and oscar is just, what this was and someone asked me okay what what's an old school corollary to this this is like i i think it's 92 the vader sting ron simmons corollary mm-hmm. where bailey is sting and oscar's vader and Sting is just not as good as this big monster who is killing him. And so he has to take some time off or go move down the card and not be a star or a Hall of Fame candidate. <laughs> and then you bring in another badass like Ron Simmons to then beat Vader, even though he may be a little bit lower on the talent level. He's still, you know, you have to bring up someone even. You can't tell this underdog story again. And that's probably the Ember Moon story, right? That, that has to be it is that they're going to put her on the same level as Asuka, or they're going to try. 
Probably you can't try eventually, it. yeah. I don't think you can have a better underdog than Bailey here. You can try with Nikki, but um Well yeah, I don't I don't see I don't yeah, Ember Moon's not gonna be that type of underdog. Bailey's the only one right now who can be that type of underdog unless you yes. wanna build up one of the absolutely new female superstars that are out there, like a Liv Morgan or somebody. Um, but then you can't really have Bailey there at the same time if you do that. Right. You can't. So no, your, your story is, is correct on, on this one. Now, if you're going to debut Bailey up on the main roster, and I was having this argument today with a bunch of people, which is, Twitter. which is interesting because they already have. Yes. Everyone. I mean, a lot of people are saying she should go to raw and I don't think that's the right call because you have to, then the expectation is to instantly put her in with Charlotte or Sasha right. and you need to build her. And so I think SmackDown is the slow build call here. And I would put her in for Eva Marie tonight. Now, hear me out on this because this was my fantasy booking idea. One thing, be careful here because most people listening to this will already know what they did with Eva Marie. Right. And, 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 and yeah. So, so we'll know what happens. But you, you have the tie in there of Natty came out with Bailey in her first match on NXT television. You have you you kind of do the callback of yes you were on Battleground and got this great reaction so now we want you as our partner and you bring her up to team with the heels and but she plays babyface the entire time which pisses off Alexa and Natty and you have them beat her down and then you have the instant underdog story in SmackDown you have her down to square one because everybody was so worried about the well if you build up Bailey as a superstar and bring her up how do you get back to the underdog route there you go you have an instant in where not only does she have to face the two people who she was teaming with, but the other three women who beat her. So you have the entire, she's now the lowest of the low right. on the pecking order and she can build her way up. That's the story you need to tell with her, but I don't have the there, faith that you actually it. could fit. I mean, I could see her fitting in on raw raw is an interesting question because you do have Sasha Banks up there. You have Charlotte up there. You also have Nia Jax who they're really promoting heavily. So yeah, and, and they don't want to take away from the promotion of Nia Jax. Right. So you have a lot of, I, I could see Bailey fitting in on any of the shows. There's a story for her anywhere. The question, yes. what we'll have to watch is what are they going to do? Which show? What's the story? Um, because I don't mean to say that she should be kept in NXT, but if she was staying in NXT, it's not like she's done everything she can do. There is room for a long-term uh, type of rebuilding story from the bottom levels. And there if is. they went, if they went with that though, you would agree like she'd have to be there for a while. Like we're talking WrestleMania time next year is where this would probably culminate. Yes. And I don't know if the fans at full sale, I think they've already moved on. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Actually, I do. I do agree that they're kind of moved on from the whole Bailey thing because they saw that run. They saw her they've, from the bottom. Get they've to the seen her at her. They've seen her at her peak. And now they're restless on the well, why aren't they bringing her up? Right. Because she's as hot as she's ever going to be. Now is the time to strike. And they're getting they're not angry at her. But it's like one of those things where it's like, all right, now the company is kind of punishing her so to speak, not, not, you know, punishing is the wrong word, but they're holding off on her for whatever reason the company has. Yeah. So they've soured on her. So now the crowd starts to sour on her and yeah, it, it's going to be the law of diminishing returns. Well, what, is what, it, what about this? What about if they, instead of doing this big long-term rebuilding story on NXT, they move that up to a SmackDown or raw. Like she, she's up on the main roster coming off of a loss, a loss of her NXT championship. Maybe you have other, other female superstars kind of rubbing her down on that, you know, beating her down verbally because of that aspect. And maybe she does struggle on the main roster. What if this is a, a great triple a ball player who finally gets called up to the major leagues and just can't hit. I, my problem with that 
is that once you make it to the main roster and you're called not as talented as someone else, it's hard to get back that heat. Right, but it's, you, it's, hard, you, it's hard to get back that momentum. It wasn't in NXT because they rebuilt her the right way. Don't you think, though, that she might be the type of character where the fans will stay behind her? Like, they... They popped incredibly for her, her for her match at Battleground. They they know the Bailey story at least a lot of it on the main roster. Don't you think she's the one who might be immune to? Oh, you're not as good, and the fans start losing respect for you and losing interest in you. Uh, she might be, but look at look at what's happened to Becky Lynch. Right. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think Bailey's more uh, apt to not suffer the fate of a Becky Lynch, though. I I think if. Man, if you can get it through with vignettes and how little girls love her, yes. I don't have the faith that you don't get JBL burying Bailey as a loser on commentary. Yeah, yeah. no, that's the other aspect to it. Yeah, I, but I, I don't know. I can see her fitting in on all the shows, and yes, that's what's going to be interesting. So, I, final, do you think she shows up on SummerSlam tonight? I don't think she shows up on SummerSlam, but I think she shows up on Raw or SmackDown off topic SummerSlam prediction just because we're on the uh, the female topic here we got that six man smackdown tag who replaces uh-huh. Eva Marie and why do you think it's not Nikki Bella I I, I think it's Nikki Bella okay all right unless, unless they do that that unless they have that unless someone has list, has listened or read my previews or my twitter about this Bailey storyline which would be money mm-hmm. that's how you bring Bailey up do that now um do it it's now. Gonna, yeah it's it's going to be Nikki Bella. Yep. So we'll, uh, for all you listening out there right now after SummerSlam, you know if we're right or wrong. Hopefully it's uh, finally one we get right here. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully the one. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, before we get into the rest of the card, what do you make of the aspect that now the top two champions in NXT, uh, a third touring brand of WWE, are both former Japanese superstars and are, you know, of Japanese uh, nationality? Uh, this is a little bit strange for what WWE usually does. And it's pretty cool to have both of the NXT top champions as Japanese superstars as soon as a year ago. It's cool, but it's also catering to a hardcore base. I think it's just, I mean. But even that, though, even the fact that they are catering to the hardcore base is part of the aspect why it's so surreal. Yes. No, I I, I agree with you on that point. But I also think there's the undercurrent of, well, they're champions in NXT because a certain gentleman has no clue how to push ethnic superstars of any kind. Yeah. But Triple H no, is changing the game as he will be sure to remind us all. Well, good. Now change it change it up and down the entire corporation and I'll be happy. Cool breaking Don't, news. And, and, and before anybody tweets me about The Rock. All right, The Rock <laughs> is an outlier and a different situation totally and I will be happy to have a conversation with you about it online. Don't start with him, guys. Don't start oh. with him. Jeez. Breaking news that won't affect any of you because you've already seen it before you listen to us. Uh, SummerSlam set this year is going to be different. It's not the normal Raw SmackDown TV set, and it's not the previous SummerSlam set. They went all new on it. Look at that, Je- uh, Jeff. A pay-per-view getting a pay-per-view e- exclusive set. So what, are they going to be doing like a WrestleMania type of setup? With it looks like it actually looks quite a bit like it. Yeah, a little screen in the center there. You got the stage that winds from... Uh, from the edges down to the aisle, and you got video boards in the back. Looks uh, looks interesting. A curved a curved uh, Tron screen. Yeah, getting ready for the okay. Miz's entrance. <laughs> getting ready for that great Baron Corbin Callisto. That's right. Squash. Yeah, sure. That's right. 
before uh, we get into the big matches, uh, NXT taped what will most likely be matches for television on Wednesday. Uh, it looks like they're probably going to have like a big takeover recap show with a, with one or two matches spliced in. But the authors of Pain take on TM61 and Ty Dillinger wrestled Wesley Blake. Those are your uh, takeover dark matches that will likely be on TV this week. We talked about Austin Aries. No way, Jose. Austin Aries getting the win. Ember Moon's debut. What do you think? She has a great finisher. The finisher That's... is pretty sweet, and I, I think she showed a lot of fire, and I think the crowd popped for the entrance and showed a lot of energy in that entrance. Yeah, I did. I, I'm not a fan of the contact lenses. I think that's hokey. Well, that'll be uh, hokey, and those will go away at some point. You know they will. It, it'll be the maybe, same thing as 10 size tattoo across his face. At some point, maybe, it will just yeah, go away. That, that That's a whole, well, how do we sports entertainment this up a bit? And you're just like, oh, come on, guys. Let, let's just. At the same time, though, they weren't super focused on, and they I don't feel they came off like, you know, hella hokey or anything like that's that. That's because she, she blinked every time they were trying to get a close-up of her. So they never saw them really. You can only see them for a quick second, but yeah, they're going to focus on them. They tried and it was just the timing was off on the shots. I thought, and I thought Billy Kay may have been the wrong opponent here. I mean, I, I, it's, it's weird because I think this may have been the time when you debut her on a TV taping and then you give her a big match to start with. Although I understand the thinking, but at the same time you're having her debut and the subconscious thought is this is going to be the competitor, the next big, big challenger for Oscar's title. And you have her go kind of 50, 50 with Billy Kay, who really doesn't have all that much credibility on TV. So you yeah. kind of, well, I mean, Kevin Owens went 50, 50 with juice Robinson in his true. debut. No, you're very, very correct on that. They, that's what they but do. That was, but that was up, but that was on TV. That was on. No, that was on takeover. Oh, that was on a takeover. Okay, yep. my fault. I'm sorry about that. So uh, I, so you do these debuts. The debuts go in at least four minutes. You're not getting 15 seconds of Ember Moon coming out, hitting her finish, and she goes away. They just have to fill a match, and it's not going to be four minutes of her dominating, or otherwise, why do we care? I love Billy's blue velour gear. <laughs> She's like the anti-Eva Marie. It's kind of cool, I think. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was a bit sloppy, but the but the finish was just fantastic and really popped the crowd. Oh, it was it was great, and that's what you're building up to. You just want to have a somewhat impressive performance right out of the gate, and I think Ember Moon did that. Yeah, and and in my chance last night, I'm like, well, okay, how do you build her up to face Asuka? And they go, and everybody goes, well, you focus on the finisher, but I, I just don't think that's enough. I think you need to build her up as equal on offense as well, and then you can hit the finisher as opposed to just had to go has to go for the finisher in order to beat her. I just, I just I don't, I don't believe we're getting way, her next for Oscar. I don't no, think no, that's I happening. But, but I mean, in the build, I, yeah. I just don't think you can just have it be, well, if she hits her finisher, like an RKO out of nowhere, then it's over. But cause I think you need to give her more credibility in that respect. But you know, I, it's, it's a great debut. Let's see how they build on it. And then let's talk about the match of the night guys, the revival. Oh, yes. defeating Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa NXT tag team titles. This match went about 20 minutes. The Revival wins. They retain. We did not get a Tommaso Ciampa turn on Johnny Gargano, although I'm sure everyone was creaming their pants waiting for it at those final minutes of that segment as the screen finally faded to black. I know I was not going to stop paying attention because that just looked like something of malfeasance's sake was going to happen. Uh, But the match itself, oh my God. You know, at at many points, you could have thought that Gargano and Ciampa were going to win. At many points, you thought the Revival were going to win. Then we finally get the finish and Revival win. 
This match was incredible. It was my match of the night. It very well could, at the end of the day, be the match of the weekend. Oh, I I don't have any doubt that it probably will be. Um, <laughs> it depends on how many RKOs Orton hits on Lesnar. If they yeah. go if they go RKO City where it's fifteen RKOs and Lesnar got, dies, that's my match of all time. This match was fantastic, especially in in my little love shack of old school. And we've watched a few of these matches on our top 100 match, which is Jim Crockett promotions, tag team matches with your midnights and Southern boys or midnights and fantastics, all the same psychology here. I'm going to tell you something about this Champa term, or as they say, Champa term. Well, that's his name. It is Champa. I see. I just don't buy that. If he's Italian, uh, he's literally <laughs> said that's his name. I know it is. And I know that's how they say it, but it sounds like Champa. Um, <laughs> Wow. I hope they back off now of this sitting Indian style, giving him a hug and walking off because the third time it happens is when the turn's coming. So now you just kind of, you lay that little seed there and you'll walk away for a while and you have Johnny Gargano do what he's going to do in the cruiserweight classic. Maybe you have them fighting in the dusty tag tournament again at the end of the year. Yeah. And then when they lose, and Champ, Champa, I keep calling him Champa. Champa Do it, sits call Indian him whatever style. Sits in when Tommaso or Tommy. There sits yeah, Indian, when, when Tommy Champ goes into the Tommy, ring. When Tommy Champ sits Indian style, here it comes. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's going to be so good. Uh-huh. This match, oh, it hit all my sweet spots. Oh, I just love it. I loved the kind of the homage to Arn Anderson with the fake out DDT. It's a move he did on Alex Wright on a, I think, Bash at the Beach. That thing was great. The double teams, the the old school heel heat that the Revival got, as opposed to kind of the ironic cheers that Bobby Roode got. Yeah. Were fantastic. The fake tag that the ref didn't see. And let's give Drake Wirtz some credit here. He was great in this match as a referee as well. I, this, I, this hit all the old school sweet spots that I know the Revival love. And let's... Let's also make this statement. If you haven't been on the Revival bandwagon before, the Revival are the best big match tag team that the WWE has right now on their roster. Look what they did with American Alpha to make them superstars. Look what they did with Gargano and Ciampa here. Mm -hmm. They are phenomenal. They deserve to be on the main roster as much as anyone. But what they're doing right now in NXT is noteworthy. It's good for wrestling. It's good for tag team wrestling, bringing back all these double team spots and the old school spots and really showing tag teams how to do it as opposed to just doing moves, 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 and then a fire up. Yeah. I This thing was old school. It was lovely. It was Anderson's, Blanchard's. 80s st- Oh, hoves me. I loved it so much. It was great. No, this match was fantastic. And, you know, it, and that's the difference we were talking about at the start of the show with this, uh, with this, uh, NXT takeover, a lot of the takeovers are built on the final one or two matches. Like the undercard is there. It's getting some new guys over it's undercard. It doesn't really mean a whole lot, but the final two matches are what makes the takeover brilliant. I thought, you know, the first half of this card did as good a job at making this takeover amazing as did the final half of the card, really, especially when you talk about this tag team match. I thought the Ember the Ember Moon debut went over pretty well. I thought No Way Jose gave a really good performance. I thought Andrade Almas gave a really good performance. This was an all-around great NXT takeover, not just based on the final two matches. No, the the first two matches really set the table. Yep. For for you know, you're kind of your 
prelim matches that are still very, very exciting and get the crowd into it. Your debut was okay, it kind of, you know, but it was kind of a cool down. You know, here we go. Here's the new person you should like. The tag team match was an old school tag team match. And, and, and the last two were different stories as well. So you had different stories in the last three matches that were all spectacular and yeah. all weren't required to top one another, as opposed to, say, the main roster style, which are all kind of the same style, to be honest with you, yeah. that are all kind of required to top each other by giving far more kickouts out of finishers to, in order to, to drive drama. Mm-hmm. Talk about different styles. This Mick Foley-Randy Orton match from Backlash 2004, it is match number 21 on our top 100 matches to see on WWE Network before you die. This pl- took place... At Backlash, it is on the network available for you. This was a no-holds-barred, falls-count-anywhere, intercontinental championship match. Randy Orton defending against Mick Foley. This show was the one after uh, WrestleMania 20. So this was after the Rock and Foley handicap match with Evolution, uh, Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton. And this was all about Randy Orton and Mick Foley. It was Mick Foley trying to basically toughen up Randy Orton, if you will, taking him to a place that Randy Orton had never been before. This was at the genesis of the legend killer gimmick for Randy Orton. So this was another legend that Randy Orton was trying to take out. After watching this match again, Jeff, what were your overall thoughts coming out of what was a hardcore, almost death match between Foley and Randy Orton on WWE pay-per-view? I had a very strong epiphany coming out of this match that, I hadn't realized before because I had just kind of put it in the back of my mind. And this is about Mick Foley and his place in WWE slash WWF history. They used this trope of bringing out Mick Foley slash his Cactus Jack performance or uh, persona far more than I ever realized to get younger guys that they want to put up on the main in, in the main event far more than I ever realized. They did this with Triple H. Yes, they did. Which we've had on this list. They did this with Edge, which we had this um, on on this list. Now they're doing it with Randy Orton. I think they did it with a couple more guys, if I can remember, but I, I can't right now. And so when they shade Mick Foley's accomplishments in the WWE, you all, you the listeners, should be far more angry about it because Mick Foley comes out there and makes these young guys, giving them the edge, no pun intended, superstars. And this match was great. I have a problem, you know, we have the usual caveats about hardcore matches and things like that. I just don't, one thing I don't like is when they have real barbed wire and the fake bat barbed wire side by side, because you just kind of look and go, eh, that's so, eh, you know. But of course, once again, the, the go-to of all these things is thumbtacks and and a guy, a pretty boy who would normally not take it to show how tough he is. And Randy Orton delivered in spades on this match. I Orton was I, fantastic. Orton was very, very good in this match. He was, I mean, he over-delivered on this match. And, and you know, it was great. But, but that was the strong thought I had coming out of this was, wow, they went to this a lot more than I remember oh, originally. Yeah. Cactus Jack, Cactus Jack was the, we need you to go into your really tough persona because we have someone for you to put over. Yes. It was absolutely what that was. Um, there was something during this match too. Uh, very early goings. Jim Ross is on commentary. Jim Ross says something about McFoley that McFoley weighed in at 287 pounds, his lowest since 1989, he says. And I can't believe that that's accurate. 
Um, you you would know early '90s WCW more than I. We've seen some of the matches uh, even on this top 100 countdown. I if I feel like I could go to a 1990, uh, what would it be? 91, 92 WCW pay per view. You know, you go to Sting and Cactus Jack. I don't think he's. I, I think they're saying he's weighing in at like 260, maybe 265, 270. Yeah, I th- I think so. I think, so. and maybe he maybe he was over 287 pounds at the time. Maybe that's true. Uh, but I, well, I don't you even know, know about you know, w- WWE and their weights. Yeah, I you know, because he was he was announced at 297 a lot. And then here he's 287, and he did look good. I mean, Mick Foley in this match looked ready to go. He, You could tell yes. he was motivated for not just WrestleMania, but for this match with Randy Orton, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was great. Yeah, you had the tax. And Randy Orton wrestled the first part of the match in his shirt. Uh, no pants, of course, because Randy Orton does not enjoy pants. So he wrestles in his shirt. But problematic for him, the shirt goes away just right before the barbed wire boards start coming out. You got the thumbtacks that he introduces and the spot that you'll take away and remember from this match is Randy Orton going for an RKO hoping to land Mick Foley's face on a bed of thumbtacks that Orton himself laid out and Foley just stands there, shoves Randy Orton off and Randy Orton goes from about seven feet in the air down back first onto the bed of thumbtacks and they are just embedded all over his back and arm and neck. Randy Orton, tough guy right there. Not just that, but then afterwards the dives off the stage through the plywood with yeah. thumbtacks in his back. Cause that's midway through the match. He's taken more bumps with the thumbtacks. He's going off the stage. Uh, he's taken an elbow drop from Mick Foley and then he's got to go deliver two more RKOs in the match for the finish. <laughs> Landing on his back, pushing those thumbtacks deeper into the skin. Yeah, my my favorite thing is that little move after he, I think this is after he had taken the initial bump. He's like setting up Foley for another RKO. And he's like, I don't want to land in any of these thumbtacks again. So he's kind of kicking them away. Into, yeah, like <laughs> I, I, I made the mistake of introducing these. Let's uh, let's put these away now, please. <laughs> but but he can't get all of them. So after a while, he just says, oh, the heck with yeah, it. He gets, they land on a couple. I mean, I just go, oh, Randy, this, I'm sure this looked good in your head. Right. But... <laughs> what, what more do I need? I've already got all these thumbtacks. Why am I kicking these away? What's one or two you, more going to yeah. do? Go- Go put thumbtacks on a trampoline and then jump on it for a while, kids, and see how, how, how organized you can keep them. So so Randy Orton is out there dead. He wins the match. I mean, he hits the RKO onto Foley. Foley head, uh, Foley's head lands onto one of the barbed wire bats. So Randy Orton gets the victory, keeps his Intercontinental Championship. I'm sure he's very proud of that accomplishment. And Ric Flair come out. Ric Flair comes out. Uh, Batista comes out. They carry him to the back. And in the back, they meet with Triple H, the leader of Evolution. And Triple H says, you've gone from the legend killer to a legend. And this is all the way back in 2004. Here we are in 2016. Randy Orton still building up that legendary resume. Oh, yeah. That, that Triple H rub. That'll, that'll do you. You know, just ask Curtis Axel and his two count out wins. Yep. Oh, man. <laughs> Twelve years ago. 12 uh, years ago, Randy Orton. Uh, it's incredible to think how long it's been, but uh, yeah. It, it, it goes to show you the the law of diminishing returns of guys that they've built up as superstars uh-huh. that they then beat, and then it doesn't mean anything because they never really follow up on it too well. Yep. Next week, uh, next week, we have one that I'm sure you're very excited about. Number 20 on our top 100 countdown. It'll be Ric Flair versus Terry Funk. The I quit yes. match from the ninth clash of the champions. Yes. I, I love everything about this build. Uh, before we go Goldberg, does he show up on SummerSlam tonight? 
he he makes an appearance, whether that's live in front of the crowd, whether that's backstage promoting the game, whether that's anything, right, yeah. he'll make an appearance. Me- and that and that is it. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican jerk turkey sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations. Limited time only. Plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.